0: This podcast is powered by the leading at the top of your game development experience. If you would like to work with Karen and the shockingly different leadership team to up-level the leadership execution acumen within your organization, visit developingyourgame.com to find out more. And I believe that if you can understand that your job as an influencer, as someone who is a shepherd, as someone who has the responsibility and the gift to be able to say okay let me thank you for being here and let's do this together and start speaking french right away we 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 we
1: welcome to the lead at the top of your game podcast where we equipped you to more effectively lead your seat at any employer business or industry in which you choose to play Each week, we help you sharpen your leadership acumen by cracking open the playbooks of dynamic leaders who are doing big things in their professional endeavors. And now your host, leadership tactics and organizational development expert, Karen Farrell-Rhodes. Hey there, superstars. Thanks for joining another episode designed to help you better lead at the top of your game. Well, you know, I hate to bust your bubble, but if you didn't already know, no leader on this earth is perfect. Not one. Absolutely not one. But seriously, if you interview any leader, I bet they'll state that they make more missteps than not. However, if they're able to find the resiliency to keep trying to be their best, they also find that they experience more great days than challenging ones. Coach Michael also called MJ Tolan, uh, is our guest today. And he's the founder of the World Class Institute and the author of two books called Success in 47 Minutes and Executive Powers. He has such a rich story on how he, a global business executive, who was very successful based on bottom line profits, dealt with the realization that He had huge blind spots in his leadership approach with his teams. So I encourage you to listen to how Coach MJ dealt with his hard truths and transformed into the high-performing leader that he is today. He says he has the bumps and bruises to show for it. And be sure to stay tuned for just two minutes after the episode to listen to my closing segment called Karen's Take, where I share a tip on how to use insights from today's episode to further sharpen your leadership acumen. And now, enjoy the show. Hey there, superstars. This is Karen, and welcome to another episode of the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast. I am super thrilled that you are joining us on this episode because, boy, do we have a treat for you. I am so pleased to have on today's show Coach Michael Tolan. He's affectionately known as Coach MJ. And he is the author of Success in 47 Minutes and the book, Executive Powers, Cracking the Code to Magnetic Leadership. And when I read about his background, how could I not have invited him to the show? Because I know that both you and I want to understand what are some of those fantastic insights that he's gained around leadership to make leadership magnetic. He's also a TEDx speaker. He's a leadership advocate, and he's an all-around superstar. So welcome to the show, Coach MJ. Thank
0: you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I don't know about the superstar stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'll take I'll take the blame for all the other stuff, yes.
1: Well, in full transparency, I always call my audience superstars because they are superstars in their own right, in their own slivers of the world. And sometimes that's the only time somebody will ever acknowledge you. And so I love to keep them pumped and motivated, but yes, you are a superstar. You absolutely are. (laughs) I appreciate you. (laughs) All right, Coach MJ. So, you know, before we dive deep, for as much as you feel comfortable, would you mind sharing just a tad about your, you know, personal and professional life?
0: Well, let's see, how much time do we have for that? Is that like a 30-second soundbite?
1: (laughs) You really do 30 seconds to a minute, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so
0: the the skinny is uh, I'm originally from South Carolina. I'm the eldest of... Eight boys in a Catholic family. And I migrated to Florida uh, late in my late teens, got a job uh, in sales. And that gave me a kind of a catapult, a crazy career path that I got headhunted to London and then stayed in Europe doing business in different countries. I, I lived in 12 countries and started my own business and ran that for a number of years and have only come back to the US. About six months before COVID.
1: Wow, amazing! Did you come back to visit in between? I wanted to. Uh, yes, I. I came like every four or five years, but it wasn't. It wasn't
0: a lot. <laughs> gotcha, um, gotcha. Because I was in you know faraway places. I lived uh, in Russia, in in Hong Kong, in Lebanon, in Dubai. So, it wasn't always like a little jump, you know, a little shuttle jump to Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. <Atlanta. laughs> big 12, 15, 18-hour flights. So, I understand. Yeah, it was a while.
1: So, audience, if you haven't caught it, both M- Coach MJ and I both have Southern draws because we're both uh, from the South originally. And another thing we have in common, you know, in my role at Microsoft, we traveled across the world. And so... I have personally visited um, over my lifetime over 35 countries. So while I haven't lived in all the countries, I definitely appreciate the diversity of perspectives across the world. And I bet, Coach MJ, you do too. Am I right?
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. All right. Well, let's like dive in. You know, we in the podcast really love to like peel back the layers of the onion and really understand some true lessons. And we call them tidbits or additional plays to add to our playbook, our leadership playbook. So let's start out about talking about your book, Executive Powers, Cracking the Code to Magnetic Leadership. And can you share a little bit about what made you even want to write the book?
0: Yeah, so I never saw myself writing a a book, certainly not on, on leadership, because you know, I was the entrepreneur. Uh, I was the guy who, you know, invested the money. I worked hard for it. I I started the companies. And by the way, I've probably done 12 startups uh, in my career. Amazing. Uh, maybe four of them worked well. Um, <laughs> the other ones were practice shots. And that's how it goes, right? You sure. just have to get back on your horse. That's right. So I, I probably wasn't at times. I, I'm going to say this uh, for any of my Former employees uh, watching this or listening to this, I wasn't maybe at times the uh, Dalai Lama in the office every day. Sometimes I was grumpy. Sometimes I was you know, reacting, and, and and this is the whole thing about leadership: is where do you learn your leadership from? And I, I probably learned mine from you know I had a, a grandfather who was lieutenant commander in the navy, uh, he had a fiery temper. Uh, we used to watch television shows and. Some of the role models that we had on TV back then, if you go and watch some of those TV shows like Jackie Gleason or Archie Bunker or any of those, you go, oh, my gosh, that's so politically incorrect. But yet that was, you know, the the flavor of the day. Hey, so where do we learn our leadership from? Our role models and our role models can be clergy, can be family members, can be teachers or, or can be the wrong kinds of role models also. So we put all that up, and then because we're in charge of something, we think we know, and we're the leader because we, we signed the check. So we're the leader. We're the boss. Wow, boy, did I have a lot to learn.
1: I bet. <laughs> and with all this, uh, with the businesses that you've had, and being a, a you know a significant leader in all of those, what was your biggest takeaway? From all of that, what is one of the one things that you want to make sure that you always, including your speeches or when you're training people to make sure they walk away with? Yeah, so it kind of comes down to this. Why would somebody want to get up in the morning and be
0: next to you, mm-hmm. helping you with your mission? Because it's your mission, right? Right, right. And you're, you're asking them to come in, to leave their family, to give up on on their priorities, their dreams, their hobbies, uh, their workout whatever they wanted to do, and come in and give you the time. That's right. Why would they want to do that? I mean, certainly it can't be because you just offered them a job. And and although some people do come Mm -hmm. because you've offered them a job. But you as a leader, what can you bring to the table? And I believe that if you can understand that your job as an influencer, as someone who is a shepherd, as someone who has the responsibility and the gift to be able to say, "Okay, let me thank you for being here, and let's do this together." And start speaking French right away. Wee 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 we
1: wee wee I love it. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit more about some of the points in your book. Where is it? Uh, things for them to do, or is it a, a book about? some of the stories that you have experienced as being a leader. Tell us about what the book is compiled about. Yeah,
0: I think for a number of years, I was writing. This is after I sold my businesses. uh, I started the World Class uh, Institute for Leadership and Innovation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I did is I contributed to a magazine and I had a leadership column. And so, you know, over the years, I'd write and write and write these leadership columns. And I basically then at the end put an aggregate together and said, you know what? There's some maybe these are standalone articles. These could be chapters. So I basically assembled those and then created this this book. Where of course I I flavored it just a little bit and tweaked it here and there. Sure. But that's basically what that that is mm-hmm. is my take on leadership. That's all I was doing for three or four years was downloading uh, what I believe to be the best practices in leadership. So that's what's laced inside and within that. Um, you'll find that we talked a little bit at pre-show about the Leadership Challenge and Jim Cousins, which I really respected their work and you know understood their entire model. And I am a firm believer that you, know, you need to have standards and principles and practices within a leadership alignment program for any organization. But apart from that, leadership doesn't stop at the office. It does not. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, you know there, there's a great word uh, Tony Robbins used for a couple of years called congruency, mm-hmm. you know. And if, you, if you're not congruent with what you're talking about in the office and you come home and you start slamming up something on the wall or kicking the trash can, well, that just not doesn't to work. Doesn't get it. No, 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 you're not going to get anybody signing up for your reelection campaign. And here's another thing. One of the things I like to say is if you're in a particular role right now, And your role is leadership in any level. That means that somehow or another, you've been selected by either either by skill or by attitude or out of necessity to be a steward of other principles and processes and people. And with that responsibility, if the elections were held today to re-elect you, would the people that you lead vote for you?
1: That's a great
0: question. And I think it is the core for me because, you know, that the term self-leadership has been kicked around for a number of years. And w- what is that? Well, that that's just what your grandma taught you. Hey, hey,
1: behave. <laughs> that's right. And if, the, if you ask yourself that question and either you don't know or the answer truly is no, what do you suggest that people do? Well, the nice thing
0: about it is, you know, it, I don't know if you've ever had a weight problem, but I every once in a oh, while I have, have
1: to, one now. I'm a curvy I have to, girl. <laughs> I,
0: have to, I have to get into the gym, you know. And if I don't get into the gym, I got to do something else. But I got to move. Right. The nice thing about it is, I can make a change when I believe that a change needs to be made. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that until you believe it can be
1: made. That's
0: right. And leadership can also be sharpened, be taught, be learned. We can take uh, leadership, tactics, ethics, morality from leaders of the past. They can be as far back as thousands of years. They can be religious leaders. They can be political leaders. We can look over the last 50 years and see some of the, our favorites, whether it's Martin Luther King or Nelson Mandela or John F. Kennedy or whoever we might look up to, whether corporate Steve Jobs, Whoever we might look up to and see what it is that we liked about them, but there there's a hole if there's a hole and there always is a, a weakness, then why not work on that you know if right. you're if you're getting like for example i'll be very frank with your audience my first i think when I was 22 years old, I was appointed I was I had a huge job, and the, the money was just rock star kind of money uh-huh. and the responsibility was just unbelievable <laughs> and the opportunity was phenomenal and so there i was in the morning and i was before i'd go to work i'd take mascara karen <laughs> and i put mascara because i had a little peach fuzz here from carolina oh. you know what I'm doing? so i put my little my, my little scare on i need one to look older than i was so that people would be afraid of me because I'm the boss. Right. See, that was my you know, <laughs> if, you, your mentality.
1: if
0: you look back on it now, it's it, as a cartoon. It's a cute, I look probably just like a little bull terrier, you know? So all I want to do, I thought my idea of being the boss, you know, was barking at them and, being you know, so I didn't have a clue about leadership at all. And the reason I'm telling the story is because I ended up being. The number one customer of the local florist, mm. uh, because I would constantly be told, "Look, um, you've upset Sally. You know she's in the secretarial pool, and you went over there and told her that your job was more important than hers." And da, blah, da, da, and she's crying to Fred, and oh gosh, did I really? And I, of course, I had no emotional intelligence at all. I was totally mission focused. And I thought that's the way you should be. I'd had some military training. So, you know, that everything there was a mission, mission, mission. They didn't teach us anything about, well, you got to be
1: nice to people on top of that. Really? okay. (laughs) They left that chapter out of the book, right? (laughs) Oh, that is amazing. And so when you reflect back on, you know, your very distinguished career, other than that, learning that over time, So what was one other big thing that you learned that you needed to course correct to become an even more effective leader?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I've just had a recent uh, uh, chat with one of the most decorated military officers, retired now Uh from the Navy, retired uh, rear admiral. And he, he and I were having a real frank chat about leadership. And and I cracked this. I said, you know, I think humility is the sexiest cologne a leader can wear today.
1: Yes, yes. Say more about that.
0: That's for me, the essence and the juice because (laughs) I go back to the responsibility of and the honor and the privilege of serving other people because a leader should go to serve. And I think it happened to me one day, I got this Eureka uh, (laughs) moment. And I said, you know, the coolest thing about being the CEO of this company with all these people in it is I get to go in and see how I can impact and influence and improve their lives. I can create learning programs for my people. I can create benefit programs for my people. I can go and give them skill sets that they don't have that they would like to have. So once I got excited about that, well, you know, that was a that was a change moment. I mean, I was saved. Yeah. But
1: before that,
0: <laughs> I was just a train wreck.
1: Oh. <laughs> No, thank you so much for sharing that because I think sometimes people think that you know leadership is easy and leadership is just a title and you know as much as we tell them you know it's not it's a huge responsibility to lead and lead well, even lead yourself leadership, you know leading yourself or even to lead others. It takes dedication and it's a it's a job within itself, and it's where you have to continue to sharpen your skill set over a lifetime. And, you know, I'm no spring chicken anymore, but I still uh, sharpen my, try to sharpen my skill sets every day. And I'm I'm wondering, what does it take for you now at at this stage, now that you're running your your own firm, what does it take for you to lead at the top of your game right now? So again, it comes back to Understanding
0: what value you can bring to others, mm-hmm. uh, there there's no there's no badge of authority uh, desired or needed. Right. Um, what there is is the opportunity to serve. There's nothing more. If you have the opportunity to serve, which I uh, am privileged to get from time to time, mm-hmm. that's when you can. That's when you can use the experience that you have to lift others, and that's totally it. I mean, if we were if we were uh, engineers on the Wright brothers' uh, aircraft, the first one that got out, our job would be to be the ones to blow the wings up, right into the air.
1: Right, absolutely, absolutely. Well, one of the things that you were so kind to share with me um, in our pre-meeting, we were talking about some of the leadership tactics in my book, and I asked which one of those really stood out for you. And you mentioned the one about leading with executive presence. And uh, the way we define it, or I define it in the book, is all about um, the ability to have or deliver clear and convincing presentations of your pers- perspectives in hopes to influencing others. So it's it is the typical definition of executive presence, but it's taking it to the next level when you're a leader in putting together your thoughts, your ideas, your perspectives in a nice type of package and delivering it in a way to better influence others. So I'm just curious for you, what does executive presence, why does that stand out for you as an important skill set? For a leader
0: because um, it is your brand mm-hmm. and you walk into a door people are going to judge you from head to toe yes, they in one.2 seconds or less or less and, and your <laughs> your body language is going to be incorporated into their calculus as well and how you how you speak yeah. how you convince yourself and uh, the words that you use that you're sure of what you're saying, and they can feel that. So it has a lot to do with resonance. And, and when, when your vibration is aligned with what your mission is, and again, going back to who you serve and how you serve, mm-hmm. um, there's no question. You don't need a business card. You don't need a brochure. They can feel it. They can get it.
1: They'll know it instantly, right? <laughs> So Coach MJ, I want you to, and you know, because you've had such, like I said, such a diverse set of experiences from all over the globe, I want you to think about a leader that you admire and the leader can be a person, it can be a business, it can be a brand, it can be any entity that has kind of differentiated themselves in your mind. This is there one that pops to mind for you?
0: Well, you know, you, you're asking me a question. I mean, I, I of course I looked into the great the the lives of some of the great people who've lived. Sure, just one in my lifetime. Uh-huh. I, I have to say that a leader who I admire probably more than anyone is Nelson Mandela. Hmm.
1: Tell he's me, he's at what. the top of my list. And what differentiates him in your mind? Why was he such an effective leader?
0: He, he didn't have anything to prove. He didn't have an agenda. He wasn't trying to impress anybody. He wasn't telling anybody what kind of car he just bought. He wasn't telling them, I just moved into this neighborhood. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to show him his shiny business card. He was just a caring, humble person who knew exactly what he needed to do, and he knew how to forgive all of the past so that he could get on with making things happen today.
1: He sure did. You summed it up in less than a minute perfectly. And what I always love to say, thank you for sharing that because that was very thoughtful and very revealing. I always say that for any leader that has, to your point, um, differentiated themselves in someone's mind. You know, the research shows at some point they have excelled in one or more of these tactics. Now, as an argument's sake, I think Nelson Mandela excelled in them all. But what I am particularly impressed with is his ability to lead with what we call stakeholder savvy. He was really able to talk to, connect with, understand the perspectives of so many people who had so many different Viewpoints, but was still able to pull them together in order to get things done. You know, he had to deal with those who wanted apartheid. He had to deal with those who were fighting the apartheid as, as he, as he was. And, you know, the list goes on and on, but, but you're so right. He had such a strong, he not only had a strong executive presence, but his stakeholder savvy, in my opinion, was off the charts, um, with how he, he handled that. And that was just Karen's reflection. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you agree or you, you poke holes in that. Feel free to. hundred
0: percent. hundred percent. Using the words like let's. Yes. Let's. <laughs> Inclusion.
1: <laughs> Inclusion. Hello. Inclusion. Yes. Yes. He was the king of that. <laughs> well, we I know we only have a few more minutes left with you, Coach MJ, but I want to leave the rest of the time to really dig deep of what you'd like our listeners to do to follow you. I know you have a, um, you do a lot of speaking work. You do a lot of training and development. How would you be most impactful for our listeners, um, and where can they find more information about your offerings?
0: Well, so thank you, Karen, for that. This is uh, the time where I get to do my plug, right? You so, do
1: plug uh, away, Coach. MJ. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I can be reached at uh, my website, which is Coach MJ dot com. I was introduced uh, by Karen at the beginning, top of the show, uh, and she introduced me as Michael, which is my offstage name, <laughs> uh, but Michael is uh, the, my birth name, and my family name is Tolan, so I used to be able to say in all these other countries that I lived in that everybody has a calling in life, and that my calling is to land. I've lived in many lands, so mm. Michael Tolan. Nice. Um, so that's how I used to help people remember my name. Great. Uh, so hit hit my website. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Follow me on the same. Coach MJ Tolan, and I'll I'll be happy to uh, connect with anybody out there who wants to uh, share anything. Also, I have a podcast, uh, which I oh, that's right. Uh, my yeah. podcast is about adversity. So I have guests who come on who overcome incredible adversity and fire uh, myself and others as we get through life, because you know, there's not a day goes by <laughs> that something doesn't happen and you go, oh, shucks, hey. I wish. But you know what? There's always somebody going through a heck of a lot more than we are. And so I hope that our show, The Real Mission I'm Possible, is the name of the show. I hope it will inspire others also. So I'd love to uh, have you check it out, check it out and see if you like it. Maybe
1: you'll subscribe. Absolutely. Of course, we'll have all the links to um, his website, his um, links to the podcast and everything in the show notes, um, listeners. So be sure you check those as well. And while you're subscribing to mine, you're already there. You might as well subscribe to I'm Possible too with Coach MJ, because it is very inspirational. I did have a chance to check it out before the show. And, you know, for those who know me, I'm very emotional. And so I love a great you know, hardship story where people persevere. And so I get teary-eyed, but then I'm cheering at the end because uh, he he has some very enriching and uplifting stories. So please do check out his uh, podcast as well. And then lastly, the last question for you, Coach MJ, is, you know, one of the things people face a lot when they're leaders – while they're uplifted in the process of leading, it can be very challenging and exhausting too. And I try to be very transparent with the listeners on how to, you know, remain resilient and know that there are days that it's going to be challenging. There's some days you're not going to want to get up. And then there's some days you're going to be in your zone and leading. So do you have any thoughts by chance of or guidance or a tip of what people should do when leadership is not going like they want to on that particular day? Is there anything that they should do to kind of reset, recalibrate, and go? Or just do that, reset, well, recalibrate, well, and go?
0: That's good advice. <laughs> I have to say that it's the loneliest job. It you know, the, the adage is it's lonely at the top but crowded at the bottom. So yeah. if you're the leader, wh- wherever you are in the leadership uh, pecking order, if there is such a thing, I understand that it's it's lonely. And some days you'll you'll go home gutted because either you were misunderstood or you wanted to do more or whatever reasons that you are self-reflecting. But self-reflection is good. Yeah. And, you know, we have to be a basketball. This is what I want to give you today. I want you to just imagine a basketball without any air. And that's how sometimes we come, home, <laughs> we come home, we come home flat. like a flat, like a flat tire. So right. we've got to use we've got to use the tools and and listen. This is not ubi juby stuff. It's really a good thing. Use the tools of mindfulness, of silent meditation, of reading something inspirational, even if it's for fifteen minutes a day. Just clear your head, just reset it, so that you can blow enthusiasm back into your basketball, because brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, you got to I mean, bounce. Basketball is not going to bounce unless it's got air in it. That's right. It needs your enthusiasm to bounce.
1: Oh, what a fantastic analogy. That is just absolutely amazing. And we probably have just one minute left, but I cannot get let you out of here, Coach MJ, without at least asking the question about your second book which is called Success in 47 Minutes. I know you can't explain everything, but you got to give us one, some, uh, an overview of what that book is about so that people can you know, look at that book as well as executive power.
0: Yeah, so it, I was challenged to do a TEDx, and I finally got uh, accepted onto a TEDx stage in Dubai And I didn't think anything of it. I mean, at the time, I was doing lots of other speaking gigs. This didn't pay, so I wasn't (laughs) that concerned. Frankly, I mean, frankly, okay? Yeah. But a friend of mine saw it a few years later and goes, gosh, uh, you should make that into a book. I said, come on. Now, listen, he's the kind of friend who can camp out on your kitchen table. He comes for a visit, and he can look at you and go, I'm serious, dude. And so... (laughs) I did. I wrote. I wrote basically the synopsis of that talk or the guts of that talk into that book. And basically, what it is is just a a, a mind hack on how to, uh, in a humorous way, how to get back on track by using some of the tools that some we talked about today. Others are in the book. So uh, how how to uh, how to how to be successful in forty seven minutes? Because I figured it would take them about forty seven minutes to read the darn <laughs>
1: right. thing. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> well, listen, you might as well pick that book on up too as you go and get executive powers uh, because you know I think we all can take a lesson about how to be successful in 47 minutes. So oh. awesome. Well, thank you so much, Coach MJ, for being a guest on today's episode. Uh, I was sitting here taking notes as we were talking and uh, quite a few tidbits that I know our listeners have enjoyed picking up. Thank you awesome all right listeners thank you once again for listening to another episode Uh, please remember to subscribe and also i only ask that you share with one additional friend because i'm sure there's a tidbit or a tip that will help them as well i hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and see you next week take care well i hope you enjoyed our conversation today with coach michael mj tolan Links to his bio, his entry into our leadership playbook, and additional resources can be found in the show notes, both on your favorite podcast platform of choice and on the web at LeadYourGamePodcast.com. And now for Karen's take on today's topic of imperfect leadership. You know, traditional leadership models tend to portray leaders as being all things to all people. However... The tides are changing in today's world and so is the portrait of what a true leader really is. Leading in these times of globalization, complexity, and ambiguity demands new wide-range capabilities and skills. And while we always may have imperfect tendencies, here are some tips that will reduce the impact of the times when you find yourself not operating at your best. One, understand what drives your behaviors and actions. Two. Become aware of your own needs first so you can notice the needs of others. Three, escape conformity to lead with your values and what you believe in. Four, allow yourself to be vulnerable. It's okay. People are naturally drawn to those who are vulnerable. Five, acknowledge both your strengths and your weaknesses. And six, find the courage to rely on others to compensate for any missing skills that you may have. Now, if you or your team is interested in learning more about effective leadership in action and how to turn your skills into differentiators, check out our signature Lead at the Top of Your Game assessment and workshops on the website at developingyourgame.com. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast and share with just one friend, because doing this will allow us to extend our reach and help others just like you to lead at the top of their game. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast, where we help you lead your seat at any employer, business or industry in which you choose to play. You can check out the show notes, additional episodes, bonus resources, and also submit guest recommendations on our website, at LeadYourGamePodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for the name Karen Rhodes, with Karen being spelled K-A-R-A-N. And if you like the show, the greatest gift you can give would be to subscribe and leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice. This podcast has been a production of Shockingly Different Leadership, a global consultancy which helps organizations execute their people, talent development, and organizational effectiveness initiatives on an on-demand project or contract basis. Huge thanks to our production and editing team for a job well done. Goodbye for now.